Hey everybody, welcome back to the DC Beer Show. Richard here with my good friend. Adam. And uh, we're outside of DC today. We're not even in Northern Virginia. We're in Hailthorpe, Maryland. The, uh, what do we call that? The, the brewing capital of Maryland? I, I, I think we are now the, uh, the center of the Maryland brewing universe uh-huh. here in Hailthorpe, yes. Uh, well, that was Chris Those Leonard. Of you who take the commuter rail will know it as Hailthorpe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was Chris Leonard, you heard, who is the brewmaster and operations manager here at Heavy Seas Brewing Company, which is actually not Heavy Seas Brewing Company. All right. I messed that up right from the beginning. Right. This is actually <laughs> Clipper City Brewing Company, uh, and we're going to talk a lot about the history, but Clipper City Brewing Company, basically all of their beer is under the Heavy Seas brand. You guys have seen it all over the place, but you may not know the incredible history of this of this brewery. So we're here today with Chris, and we're also here with Brett Haygood, uh, who is the brewing team lead yep. here at Clipper City or Heavy Seas. We're just going to call it Heavy Seas from now on. Heavy Seas Beer. It's yeah, Heavy yeah, Seas Beer. That's what, it, that's what it is here. Um, so this is a brewery that you guys have seen, I know, on, on the store shelves. Um, if you've been around... All the, up and down the East Coast. Uh, yes. You've seen it in the stores. Uh, you've probably seen it in the bars. Uh, it's been a, a mainstay, especially Heavy Seas Loose Cannon IPA, which has been a mainstay of the craft beer scene in the Maryland, D.C., Virginia, Mid-Atlantic area for years now. Uh, and it's a, it is a great IPA. So let me, let me talk a little bit, uh, which I normally don't do, but I'm going to talk a little bit, just monologue here, on the history of, of Heavy Seas. So... Like I said, this is Clipper City Brewing Company, uh, and it was founded in 1994 by a guy named Hugh Sisson. Now, a lot of the folks listening to this show are going to know who Hugh is, but if you don't, um, Hugh ran Sisson's Tavern in Baltimore starting in 1974, and for years it had the best selection, the largest selection of beer in Baltimore. Did I get that wrong? 84. 84? 84. That's right. Yes. My notes <laughs> yes. are wrong. He, he, uh, Hugh, just to give you a little uh, additional background, Hugh went to uh, spend some time when he was in graduate school in 1974. It, oh, that's what in, it was. In, right, right, right. In, in the UK and, uh, and really enjoyed the flavorful stouts <laughs> and, and ales, uh, bitters, whatever, um, that he tasted there. And he brought that love back to the States. And when, he, when, they, when Sissons opened in, in 1984... Right there, you go. Yeah, yeah, that's what he. So I was, if I remember correctly, and you guys correct me if I was wrong, if I'm wrong about this too. <laughs> um, but his dad just like said, opened opened up the pub and convinced him to 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 help out, and just sort of handed him the keys and was like, "There you go." <laughs> yeah, you, Hugh uh, Hugh went did some graduate uh, study for uh, for theater, mm-hmm. and that was sort of his passion, and uh, he he parlayed that into uh, a publican so uh, wow. yeah so he he, he became uh, a, b- a bar owner manager and uh, and he did it well he did it well he like you said his experience over uh, overseas in, in, in the UK uh, convinced him that he really needed to focus on something that nobody else in town had so he developed systems into the best selection of beers you could get in Baltimore uh, and then uh, oh, speaking of Hailthorpe, first Guinness draft in the United States was at Sissons. That's right. Yeah. That's right. The first place you could get yeah. Guinness draft in yeah. the U.S. was 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 at was at his place. Uh, and then and then he decided that it, in order to get the kind of beer he really wanted, he had to make it. Uh, and this guy went out. Hugh Sisson went out and changed. Just 
got the law changed in Maryland to open the first brew pub since prohibition in the state of Maryland and turned Sissons yep. from just a tavern into a brew pub. Uh, and and then was and was was amazingly successful with that. It's where I used to go when I lived in Baltimore. Yeah, it was the place to go. And uh, and then he was like, let's do this on a bigger scale. And yep. and so like, it, what was it, two thousand? Okay, help Nin- me out here. Ninety four. Ninety four. So, so right. ninety four. He uh, you know he he got out, raised some capital, mm-hmm. borrowed some money, and uh, and and came to this this location this, the in, same place in, we're in sitting Hailthorpe, here not in this exact spot uh because it was a very small portion of where we are now right right, right. um but uh yeah so opened the brewery in, towards the end of 1994 wow wow as and clipper then, city brewing company. as clipper city brewing company was brewing mostly for the baltimore market i think yeah, uh when correct. he started out uh really it, it, i think if, if i read this correctly in some ways trying to replace um the market for Natty Bow because Natty Bow National Bohemian had moved Love out tail. of Hellthorpe by then uh, and was and, and was is, was being brewed in other places still is today in like North Carolina mm-hmm. Ohio and other places uh, even though it's a very popular beer right. uh, here in Baltimore but um, but yeah so started started Clipper City and then in two thousand three put started putting out some high gravity stuff under the the brand I guess Heavy Seas. Loose Cannon took off, and now uh, Heavy Seas Beer is what you guys are making here. So, so yeah. So, th- th- just that, I'm so, I know I went on a long time, and thank you guys for correcting my errors. But uh, I think everybody should know who's listening to this show just how important Heavy Seas and Hugh Sisson has been to craft beer, not just in Maryland, but in the entire Mid Atlantic, and certainly the entire sort of D.C., Baltimore, mm-hmm. even into Virginia corridor. I mean, uh, Hugh and Heavy Seas have really sort of elevated uh, beer at a time long before. DC Brow was open long before Three Stars was around, long before Port City had opened, you know, long before some of our local favorite breweries are around. So, uh, thank you guys for listening to my history lesson <laughs> now. Sure. Um, I'm going to turn it over to Adam, who's actually going to talk about the beer you guys make. Oh, that's right. Well, that's actually, right. I'm going to ask you questions about the beer you make. Sure. So, a lot of the beers you make, I think everybody knows. Loose Cannon, Peg Leg. I mean, they're beers we've had around for a while now. Yep. Everybody's drank. Have they changed much since they were first released? Uh, I can answer that. Um, <laughs> That's Chris who's answering, yes. just so y'all get to know the voices. Yeah, so uh, so just to give you a quick background, I I have been here at Heavy Seas six years now. Uh, so I arrived here in 2013. Uh, Loose Cannon was still gangbusters. Not that it isn't now, but it was, it was so far... In a way, our largest seller. I mean, we was like seventy, almost seventy percent of our production was loose cannon. Wow. Um, so the one thing that I made sure that I did not do at all was I did not mess with that beer <laughs> even a little bit. So that beer has not changed. There, there was a little. There were there were some um, some sort of hop um, challenges back in 2011, 2012 that yeah. that saw a few little tweaks to it. Uh, but that beer has been the same blend of. Cascade, Centennial, Simcoe, Citra, um, and Palisade since I've gotten here, and we haven't changed it at all. So Loose Cannon has been uh, exactly the same. Peg Leg, not so much. So um, <laughs> when, 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 again, when I got here, and um, Peg Leg was was one of the one of the mainstays, sort of a carryover um, from Clipper City. 
um, although it was a heavy seas brand. Um, but it was, in my opinion, was a little disjointed. It, it, uh, all, all of the beers, uh, again, because of production sort of challenges and, and, and difficulties, um, all of the beers used the same bittering hop and almost all the beers used the same yeast strain. So, um, it seemed to me that there was sort of a house flavor in all the heavy seas beers that was a little too, uh, consistent, mm-hmm. um, that I thought we needed a little bit, a little bit more flexibility. You mean, you mean consistent in the, in the, in the taste of yeah, the beers across right, the, right. Yeah. So, so any, all the heavy seas beers kind of had the, this one flavor or two flavors mm-hmm. that were sort of in there. So, um, maybe it wasn't quite as uh, a unique experience when you went from one of our products to a different one. So peg leg was a great opportunity um, to to bring in an English yeast. Oh, nice! Uh, and we it was dry hopped with Simcoe hops, which um, gave it sort of an American twist, and we and we removed that American twist. So okay. it's now all English. We we mm. beefed up the uh, the imported malts, the uh, the crystal malts, and um, we actually made it more bitter. But we, we did it with English hops, so it, it, I think it's a little more balanced now. And it's been that way for about five years. Um, very chewy and, and, and rich. And, um, yeah, and we, and we did a similar thing with Powder Monkey, too, because Powder Monkeys are a classic English pale ale. And that was brewed with some Cascade hops and Chico American yeast. And, right. and we, got, we, we, we switched that over to the English, English yeast and all English malt and hops. Um, so while we were sort of branching out and being more experimental in a lot of ways— we, we, we went more, even more traditional with the peg leg and the powder monkey, um, which, which was my, sort of my passion was an English beer style uh, to start. So that's kind of where I grew up drinking English style beers. And right. um, those were two that were not, again, not big sellers in our portfolio, but certainly recognizable. And uh, we made it, uh, we, we gave them a little tweak. So you, you, you talked about experimental, uh, as you're telling us about some of the changes that you were making. And I know that, that, that Heavy Seas is now, you guys are really um, sort of moving outside of, of the sort of traditional uh, uh, kind of beers that you've made for a long time. We've tried some of those today, and there's some really delicious stuff coming out of here. And you've got a new system that you're, you're, you're working with. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing uh, and have been doing over the last couple of years and are doing now that that's different than, than you've done in the past. Yeah, so uh, this is Brett um, talking now. So, yeah, we actually brought in a, uh, an experimental 15-barrel brew house uh, two years ago. Um, it's meant to kind of let us do a little R&D and experiment with beers that are kind of outside of the scope of our traditional brands or these historic brands um, and kind of get into these more fun, exciting beers that kind of let us flex our brewing muscles so um what kind of beers you got that that fit the <laughs> fit those things tell us about and i know that some of them so so remember we're the dc beer show and, and we got a lot of people who listen sort of all over the region but i think there's some beers that you guys have been doing that have been specific that a lot of our uh, our listeners don't wouldn't wouldn't have known about and and we want to make sure that if as you're doing more of this that they have the opportunity <laughs> to like come up here and maybe maybe grab some of this stuff so yeah, so we'll do uh, we'll do limited can releases for a lot of these beers. Uh, the first one we did and uh, was extremely popular was our Juice Cannon. Um, it was a, a hazy, fruited IPA uh, twist on uh, Loose Cannon. Um, so it tons of oats and wheat. We used uh, yuzu fruit. Um, just Ooh. really got it uh, <laughs> very bright and vibrant, um, but still got that thick mouthfeel and um, really just 
was a fruit bomb that people really enjoyed. Came out in flocks, sold out of it in probably two hours. Wow. Um, it was just a, a fantastic jumping off point. Um, and we've been able to experiment and take it in tons of different ways. Uh, we brewed a couple of our first sour brews on that. Um, so we had cool. a Sun Blink release that uh, was a. Uh, um, our first ever sour brew. Uh, it was a kettle sour we did with a uh, raspberry and lemon, um, and just really got us to dig in and get into something that we weren't ever comfortable with and hadn't <laughs> done before. Something right. certainly Hugh wasn't comfortable with. So right. yeah. um, it let us kind of have some fun and show that we could do do different things beyond those traditional beer styles. So it's also allowed us um, not only with the beer itself. But uh, some of some of the style of heavy seas, if you will, mm-hmm. ha- has allowed us to evolve that. So um, for our anniversary ale, so that uh, we have one coming out in uh, in December, uh, will be our 24th anniversary ale. Last year, 23, uh, we put it in 16 ounce cans and we employed a local artist to do nice. whatever he wanted. And so it it the, the artwork for our 23rd anniversary ale looks nothing like any of our, our, of our other packaging. So we've carried that over to each of these individual can releases. So the Juice Cannon can had this sort of skull that was an orange and it had a, <laughs> like a, a, a fuse on it. And um, we've done the same thing uh, with every can release we've done. We have uh, uh, Scoops is a chocolate vanilla twist milkshake IPA that we that we that we did in uh, in August um, and that beer is uh, <laughs> that does you know, not they're, sound they're, like a traditional well and, and, and the artwork is sort of these um, you know this this Sunday that's got melting skull faces sort of in the background wow. so so a lot of interesting things coming out of this 15 brown and this stuff is only available in only, your tap yes. room in Hellthorpe. correct but we also use it sort of to develop new you know, ideas for the future. Right. So as B- Brett mentioned, um, the, the sour beers that we, we, we worked in the uh, small brew house for one-off can releases, we sort of uh, developed our large-scale brewing practices. We, we put out a beer this summer, past summer, called Sunburst, which mm-hmm. is a lemon raspberry sour, and that was for full-scale production up in, in oh, all nice. of our available in all of our markets. And we could never have really executed that as well as we did had we not had the the, the, the smaller brew right. house to sort of plan what we were going to do. And we worked really closely with our um, um, our lab, our, our quality department. Megan Schwartz is our, our quality team leader. And, and she and Brett and I really worked closely on, on making sure that the bugs didn't get anywhere else in the brewery. Sure. Uh, so all the other beers were clean, and um, that was always Hugh's big fear that you know you'd, you'd cross contaminate stuff. So right. um, we we've been able to really fine tune our processes, and and uh, we've become better brewers, I think, because of it. Nice. Yeah. Well, how do you determine when something you're experimenting with should go into production, yeah. like? The we, we we sort of leave that up to the marketing folks to tell us, uh, <laughs> you know, and 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 then the uh, you know the the crowds you know sometimes right. will, will make that decision for you, although they haven't yet. Um, mm-hmm. We 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 knew that with with the sunburst, for example, is a raspberry lemon, is a raspberry lemon sour. What we did was we sort of did a uh, uh, you know a preview of that. We called it Sunblink, and we got some feedback. and And the only thing we really heard about it that. That people said, well, I was expecting it to have a little bit more raspberry than oh, than it did. Right. So we took that insight, sure. and and uh, I think we made the beer better because of it. So, um, you know, whether we did this, uh, you know, 
egg custard be more snowball beer mm-hmm. um which <laughs> sold out in 54 minutes wow um whether that becomes a mainstream beer, you know a full-scale production i doubt but but <laughs> uh but it certainly has its audience and you know trying to figure out how many folks are going to Right. Well, well, I mean, that's so so you guys are doing a lot of these you're doing these can releases now out of the tap room. So let's talk about the tap room a little bit, because we've you know, everybody's listened to the show has heard us say over and over and heard our guests say over and over how how tap rooms are starting to drive a lot of the marketplace for craft beer. Um, there's not a lot of there's a lot of competition for shelf space, and you guys have a lot of shelf space, and, and and have been doing this for a long time. But even y'all are starting to recognize the value of of a strong tap room presence. So I know that uh, your tap room here in Halethorpe is, uh, in addition to doing these these can releases, you're only doing out of here. You've got some plans for the future for for the tap room. So tell us a little bit about what what you're doing here. Um, yeah. So uh, it, today's consumers really. Um, for the most part, want to feel a connection with the product that they're having. So a tap room is the best way to go in and kind of see where what you're consuming is coming from and getting a feel of the personality of what this is. So uh, by coming into the brewery, you know, meeting the people that make the beer or being able to see the production facility um, is just huge for the customer experience. Um, and it's also great for the brand. So one of our biggest things that we've started in the last uh, two or three years is expanding the tap room, um, making it a better destination to come to uh, with the intent of expanding the number of taps we have, expanding the space, opening it up, uh, and making it just an exciting place to come and visit that will drive people to really understand that Heavy Seas is a growing brand and we're migrating from that image of your dad's beer and getting to be that modern, exciting uh, beer while still supporting those traditional high quality beers uh, that people know and love from Heavy Seas. Right. So we, we have some physical changes that we're we're slowly but surely working through. We uh, The area adjacent to the tap room right now used to be warehouse space and we turned that into a game room. So we've got, uh, you know, cornhole and giant Jenga and that sort of thing available. Um, but that will ev- ultimately become part of a much larger expanded uh, tap room facility, uh, four times the size it is right now. Um, right now we have t- uh, what, 10, 10 taps available, right? We have, yeah. we have 10 beers mm-hmm. on tap plus a, plus a cask beer and the cider. Um, we'll have 20 in the new one. So we, wow. we, so, so we, we, we just put in some new glass doors. Uh, in in this game room I was talking about, so mm-hmm. so making it feel really inviting and warm and and bring the light in. We'll have new HVAC, so you know we have this uh, this vision and this plan to to make our our tap room experience um, you know as much of a draw as the beer itself. So the the types of beers that you're making for can release, are you gonna uh, any plans to start serving some of these more experimental, outside the norm, um, on tap in the in the expanded growing tap room? Not not necessarily. I mean, I, we have sort of uh, this tap room beer, the the 15 barrel brew house. Um, we, we're sort of working through it deliberately. Mm-hmm. So we we want to be really really certain that a product that we put out here is going to. Um, 
you know, have some legs right, in the market. Right, right, so, right. so some some limited draft release of these things might happen in 2020. Mm-hmm. It's possible. Sure. Uh, we don't have any specific plans yet, but it's it, it's not off the table. It was off the table for 2019. Right. We, we, yeah. we, we made a conscious decision that we are not going to do that. Okay. Um, but we have some other exciting things. Like we, uh, we've made a beer with Jameson the past three years. We, oh, we've nice. taken, oh, nice. we've aged loose cannon in Jameson barrels. Nice. Those barrels came in the begin the end of July. Uh, we filled them in the middle of August, and uh, that will be a can release in the tap room. Nice. But that draft will be available outside of the, oh, of the building. And that's cool. part of the program okay. we have with Jameson. And, and a Jameson barrel-aged loose cannon is really a phenomenal product. <laughs> I, I, uh, if I do say mo- so myself, it's, uh, it's really a nice... Or nice thing. So yeah, it's very, yeah. very surprising, yeah. but works yes. very well together. I'd love to try it. Yeah. Well, they, they, if you read the uh, whiskey, Irish whiskey uh, description, they they mention uh, hop notes in their sort of. Uh, so right. I know, and I know, they, and they they're working that. with a number yeah. of breweries. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're they're kind of I think of whiskey makers. Mm-hmm. They're they're more than any other whiskey uh, distillery I've seen, or like recognizing that there's a lot of stuff that they can do and work with uh, with breweries. Yeah, I love their cask mates. Yeah, yeah. Uh, whiskeys. They're mm-hmm. just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and that's well. These are the cask mate beers. It's the, yeah. it's the opposite yeah. sort of thing. Yep. Yeah, they've been working with uh, DC <clears throat> Brown DC as well mm-hmm. on 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 a lot of that stuff. So. It's good stuff. Good for them and good for y'all. Yep. How has Guinness moving in just down the street from you basically uh, it, affected the brewery? It, it's actually been very fantastic. Um, I mean, the brewing community is such a tight-knit community. Yeah. Um, we all like to work together. We all build each other up. So having them so close, just bringing so much attention to Hailthorpe and Baltimore, uh, the brewing scene, really has helped everybody grow. Um, it's helped a lot of the legislation uh, to help mm-hmm. our businesses grow. Um, and people that are coming to town just to see Guinness, because they are such a huge brand, they're going to branch out and visit all the other fantastic breweries that are throughout Baltimore and Baltimore County and uh, in the adjacent sure. areas. So uh, it's, been a, it's been a great presence um, and it's been very welcome. And they didn't steal any of our brewers either, so that was. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Guinness, for yeah. not no, stealing. No, we, we and we and and uh, I've known some of the folks that are working over there for for quite a while, and and they're they're the people are good too. So I mean that's a bonus. Um, you know, I, I've worked with their brewmaster mm-hmm. in the past, um, and uh, we're friends. So it's it's kind of cool to have neighbors that um, yeah. you like. Yeah, awesome. They help awesome. each other out. Well, let's talk a little bit about the future. We, we started out talking about the long and storied history uh, of, of not just the Heavy Seas brand, but, but, of, but the whole brewery um, and everything you guys are doing today and, and all this stuff you've got going on with your tap room. But, but tell us a little bit about sort of what people can expect, what they, can, what, what they should start marking their calendars for coming up uh, in the next couple of months to get out here and, and, and pick up in the tap room. The biggest news, I guess, along those lines is uh, a brand new uh, product that's going uh, to full distribution called Nightswell. Ooh. Uh, and that is a dark IPA. And, really? Uh, yes. And so, so the um, sort of the, uh, the inspiration behind that beer was a... Uh, a collaboration we did uh, two years ago, might have been three years ago, with Stone um, mm-hmm. was a brown IPA that we brewed with molasses, and, wow. uh, but it was ten percent alcohol, and it was uh, it was a it was a phenomenal beer in my opinion. It was really well balanced. 
Uh, got lots of really big uh, scores on the on the websites and and, and beer beer journals and whatnot. <laughs> um, but uh, it was just a really nice beer. So um, we were looking to make some you know new new products and and maybe some things that uh, we we put out uh, to pasture so to speak. Uh, Winter Storm was the very first Heavy Seas branded beer. Uh, and it's sort of a, an imperial ESB, if you will, very American, uh, malty and, and, and hoppy, um, but not dry hopped. Uh, and that beer sort of uh, run its course. So Nightswell is going to replace it. It's sort of a, a hyper, mm-hmm. you know, supercharged version of a, of a dark beer that's, um, I don't know, it's a, the artwork's new. It's, uh, wow. it's going to be in cans. So in the past, uh, when Winter Storm was only in bottles, this beer's going to be canned. Uh, 12, or 12 ounce? 12 ounce, 12 ounce cans, yep. Okay. 7.5% alcohol. Mm-hmm. and uh, Drinkable, all right. Yeah, it should be, uh, it should be a huge, uh, huge hit. I think people are going to really enjoy it. Um, that's that's the, big, the big beer. We also have our 24th anniversary ale, which will come out in uh, December. So All December right. 8th, I think, is our actual date of our, our 24th anniversary. And that will be a 14% alcohol wow. Wow. hazy IPA. A 14% so, hazy. 14%, 14% hazy. Yeah. So we're going to be using, uh, uh, there's, a, there's a new hop that Steiner uh, just named this spring called Lotus. Lotus. Uh, I don't recall the, the, the number it was, but it's, uh, it's a really interesting hop. And I think we'll have some Galaxy in there as well, maybe some mm-hmm. Enigma. Uh, should be a super fruity, hazy, knock you on your butt sort of thing. And that's really a, that's cool a, that's a tap room can release. No, right? that, no, no, that okay. will go. That will go out to the that's, market as that's well. A dis- wow. Yes, yeah. So that will be available. Yep, draft in sixteen ounce four packs. So wow. And all right. We do have, uh, and that's then we have big, right. everybody in DC. You now, like yeah. all of you, You're on notice all the uh, yeah. You got notice. Like, watch out for this. This will be end of the year, right? Yeah, beginning of yes. December. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but you bar owners and 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 publicans, like, right. put some of this on tap. Yeah. <laughs> Can't think of a better use for a hot called Lotus, lotus. than a fourteen percent beer. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh so, man. So, yep. So uh, and then we've got some uh, some small batch stuff coming up too, right? Yeah, we're doing a, a dual Halloween release that we'll be uh, talking about soon. Um, should be really exciting coming out of the 15-barrel experimental system. So right. cool. uh, be able to hear about that shortly. Uh, we're probably going to do a reprise of a beer, probably because Winter Storm has some fans that are going to mm. be a little sad, I think. I don't know that <laughs> Nightswell will necessarily... Um, you know, take that, sa- take sate them you know, right. they, the way they, they, they might. So we'll probably do a small batch of, of Winter Storm in the 15 Barrel Brew House that we'll, cool. do, we'll do uh, tap room only. Uh, so, so that's exciting. And then uh, we will have a seasonal, or if you will, a limited release uh, hazy IPA that will uh, leave the building end of December for a January release. So uh, details of that are still under wraps but uh there'll be a can a can 12 ounce hazy ipa out in the market nice uh beginning of the year All next right. year yeah 2020. Right. a lot of stuff coming yep. up yep. out of heavy seas yeah. that's just off the top of my head yeah. uh, there's more there's more there's, there are more things well um uh we have an ongoing wood barrel age program and we continue to uh yeah let's talk about that brew, a little bit let's talk about that. a little because that's because i meant to get to that earlier and then there's so much to talk about i, I just missed it so tell us a little bit about what you're doing with some barrel aging 
Yeah, so we uh we have Greater Pumpkin that's out now. That's our barrel aged pumpkin ale. Um, it's tried and true. We've had it for I think about six years now. Um, so even longer than that. Uh, so that's our big uh, barrel aged pumpkin beer. Uh, and we're actually doing a spiced latte variant draft only. So check for that in your uh, local bars. But um, so we'll do twists on those uncharted waters barrel aged beers, and then we'll have uh, Siren Noir coming out. Uh, probably in November. In November. Um, so then that's our uh, chocolate, uh, imperial chocolate stout. There'll be a draft only twist coconut version of that. <laughs> so that, that should be fun. That sounds good. Um, but then the, the, the really, uh, the more, to me anyway, um, the more interesting thing we're doing with the barrel aging now is we're doing um, some sour uh, mixed culture fermentation, um, wild yeasts and, and different bacteria and um, we're actually continue to add to this sort of, uh, library, I guess you will, if you will, of, of beer in barrels, wine barrels, bourbon barrels, um, some with Brettanomyces, some without, some kettle soured and then mm. barrel aged, some non kettle soured, then barrel aged. So we, we put a beer out, uh, this, this past, uh, July or was it June? I think it was June. Uh, Red Flag was the first beer that born from this program, if you will. We'll be producing Red Flag again next year, but we're, it's an ongoing project where we continue to store and age beers and marry the barrels together mm-hmm. and, and sort of develop the really unique, interesting flavors uh, with all kinds of funky, interesting you know, yeah, bugs. I, I, let me just interject and say that we tried the, the Red Flag uh, before we started recording, and, and, and I have to say it's, it had one of the most complex flavor profiles uh, of a beer yeah. that I, uh, any beer that I can remember in recent memory I mean just complex and, smooth but 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 m- wow. well married so not the yeah. kind of complex where you're just like what is happening <laughs> but the kind of complex where you're like ooh now I taste ooh it was like an everlasting gobstopper of flavor <laughs> in a beer it was pretty impressive I got to say yeah we did our job then yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and so you'll be you'll be doing more of that yes. and 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 you were telling us earlier, like like multiple barrel uh, type of stuff. So that's that's going to be really really exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And the fun thing about these things too, or, or I don't even know if it's fun, but um, sort of intriguing to me is how each one of the things things we do sort of inspires other ideas. Right. Right. So <laughs> wow, we got this sour beer in this barrel. What if we added a little bit of that to this thing and kind of saw how, where that took us and uh, you know we're, we're we're just you know having fun with a lot of a lot of everything well that's yeah that's awesome and that's that's i think um i think it's it's nice to see a, a brewery like heavy seas uh that has such such staple products and is clearly successful and and is putting out i think it's like doing forty five thousand barrels you know a year right now um still be able to sort of step back and and be innovative in the craft and and be able to say well shit let's try this uh and let's try that uh i think that's that's a really good sign for the future of brewing in general that that breweries like yours can can still be innovative and can still be experimental can still try these new things and can still respond to the market um uh, and not sort of sort of sit back and go well we've got this ipa that everybody loves (laughs) and it's it's one of those things too where it's you know, it's chicken and egg in a way. So do we do that because we have to, or do we right. do that because we want to? And I think we're, we're in a good place where 
mean, I've been a professional brewer since 1997, and I'm still learning stuff every day, right? right? I yeah. still feel like as passionate and as energized by making beer as I did 22 years ago. Um, and, and, you know, being sort of uh, forced in a way by the market to, to stay relevant, to continue to innovate, uh, allows us to, con- you know, to be experimental and have fun and, and, and creative um, while still keeping our feet on the ground and, <laughs> and, and, and putting 45,000 barrels of beer out the door that we know are clean, uh, consistent, quality. So it's kind of the best of both worlds in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah absolutely. All right. Yeah, and I think it gives our listeners a lot of reason to come out to your tap room mm-hmm. because oh, you definitely. have such, I mean, different, innovative, and really tasty beers here. Yeah, I think it's one of the things that makes makes coming out to the Heavy Seas Tap Room, um, you know, definitely worth the trip. Is the quality and consistency of the beer you can have here, as w- with the innovation on top of that, right? So you can, because I mean, this is one of the things that I experience. If I'm going to a tap room, and I'm talking about myself too much, but if I go to a tap room, <laughs> right, then then you can only try so many beers before you just get palate fatigue um so it's great to be able to come and like try some innovative different stuff that you really can't you're really probably not going to see in a lot of places for heavy seas and then enjoy you know a tropicanon like i am now just have a great beer that you that that every time is just really going to be consistently good you know what to expect uh and just very very high quality so it's very commendable what you guys are doing here awesome yeah thank Thank you you very much yeah appreciate it all right we're trying yeah well you're succeeding you're (laughs) succeeding Um, succeeding, absolutely all right thanks so much to all of our listeners for tuning in to the dc beer show this week um you should check out heavy seas and what's going on there you can find them online at hsbeer.com on all the social medias at heavy seas beer um and uh, don't forget, dcbeer.com has all of the stuff happening in the D.C. metropolitan area in the craft beer scene. Check out our calendars. You can search for a craft beer distributor. No, sorry. You can search for craft beer retailers, bars, restaurants that focus on craft beer, and, of course, every brewery, brew pub, and bar that has the best craft beer in the area. Follow us at D.C. Beer on all the social medias. And remember, always drink great beer. 